You are now listening to Cyber Time Bite, hosted by me, Stephen Clark. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, everybody. It's your boy, Steve. Once again, for Cyber Time Bite, episode 146. That is, that is some crazy numbers and some crazy times. That's a lot of episodes and stuff, as you know. But today, I have someone on who i uh, been on their podcast before. Well, not his podcast in particular, but his, um, his podcast um, that, that is affiliated to his own podcast, you know, Let's Chat Live. Also previously known as Let's Chat Presents, whatever you would like to call it. Um, I was on I was on there, but he also does Let's Chat with Chris Revel, which is his main podcast, and he and he runs you know that whole shindig of whatever of those two podcasts and whatever it's coming next and more. But today, I am with, as I probably said and already stated, I am here today with Chris Revel. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hey, Steven, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, I was trying to think. I'm like, for Let's Chat Live, I, I know Bree's the, the Bert, Bert, like, that's her baby, but I was like, I'm, I'm a co-host producer on that. I was like, yeah, huh? that's my podcast, too. Bree's the founder, but yeah, she's probably the, more the face of it, but yeah, that's right. I was like, oh, yeah, too many podcasts, too many podcasts. You know, funny enough, Bree is a past guest of CyberTime, but she has been on the podcast, on my podcast, too. <laughs> Why did I not know that? But she never told we, you? We talk a lot, and unfortunately, I forgot a lot what we talk about, and she doesn't like that either. <laughs> it's not her. We're both parents, so we have, I have dad brain. It uh, Everything is one, in one ear, out the other. Yeah, they, they, um, yeah, I had her on, I had her on the podcast before. When was, I, I, you want me to tell you? I can tell you. I must, she must, we, I must have. I must have communicated that with her. I don't know why I didn't listen to it. Then I will go back and find that. It, no, it's I didn't upload it yet because it isn't. That could be why. I had her on episode 142, which isn't which isn't out yet. But wow. by the time that we're recording this, it isn't out yet. By the time by the time that this gets uploaded, that episode will be out. But as we're recording it, as of today, it is not out yet. <laughs> oh, okay. That's I, she, I I I would imagine I've talked to her about it, to be quite honest, but. It's not. It's not you. It's me. My memory is. It's not great. <laughs> not like it used to be. No, no that, that's what they all say. It isn't you. It isn't you. It wasn't you. It was me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I forget important things sometimes too. It's, it's terrible. Or like, I, I'm sure you've had this experience now with 142 episodes under your belt, where like someone will repeat something back to you that you said on the podcast, and you're just like, sounds like something I would say. <laughs> yeah, I had. I mean, like, I mean, I had, I had my moments on the podcast of people just being, just being like, being like repeating stuff over and over again and stuff and and all that. And I mean, like, I've been, I've been also trying to co- converse ideas and bouncing around ideas of how to get the podcast to grow even more, like how to like to do things even more. Like I have, mm. like I have, like, um. I have like my uh, what's my call my stream.tv. I mean, which I I showed I showed you right. I mean, what do you think of it? Stream.tv. What's that again? Stream.tv. Did you show me that? I'm sure you did, but I don't I don't recall. What is that? Basically, it's a website. You can go on there, and uh, you can you can basically start basically your own television channel. And and what you do is that you go on there, you can make a free account, or you can either pay for one of their pricey plans, but it's 100% free. You can go on there, sign up for an account, and what you can do is that you can start, I I don't know what the channel, how many channels you can make. I don't know what the limit is, but um, but I have three channels on there. One is called Cyber Time Bike Network, which is nothing but my episodes and our episodes under the Cyber Time Bike Network umbrella and then my second channel is called weather channel classics which is nothing but old school weather channel footage because i i love that stuff i don't know about you but i love it um 
I'm talking like old local on the eights. Uh, well, just just old Weather Channel footage from like when it started to 2000, all the way up to 2005 when they made the terrible switch to what it is today. Which oh, sucks. dude, I was obsessed with local on the eights when you said that. Like, I just froze because I haven't had cable in a long time, and like you just brought back like a flood of memories. Like when I was younger, I was always um, I don't like thunderstorms even still, but when I was younger, especially, I like really didn't like thunderstorms. So, like, if the weather would get back, I was, like, tied to the weather on the 8. And that music they would do and the graphics, like, oh, my. Dude, you just brought back so many memories. I can't even. I Like, wow. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I haven't even thought of that. Because I don't think I've had cable in, like, a decade. So it just hasn't. It's one of those things that I did a thousand times. It was part of my routine. And then I, one day I didn't have cable, and that it just never happened again. Wow. Yeah, because I, I have a cha- I have a channel for that. Um like uh like that's my second channel that I had that you can watch and it's just nothing but that that kind of footage. And then um the third channel I have is literally called Con T V, which is literally nothing but um convention footage, like panels, vlogs, um vlog no panels, vlogs Hall, con halls, which are you know, you know, uh, what's call it? Um, people buying stuff and then bringing it back home and then telling everyone about what they bought, stuff like that. Yeah, those are cool. Like, oh my god, I. Why can't let, Let's just hypothetically speaking, wouldn't it be really cool if then like right before the next time like any of us go to like a big con, whenever there is one that, like, a stimulus check came through. Like, if I had, like, gone to, like, a Rhode Island Comic Con or I really want to go to, like, San Diego or New York Comic Con mm-hmm. and I got, like, a stimulus check from the government and, you like, if you if I walked in there with an extra $1,400 or whatever, whew, I'm going to spend every penny because <laughs> I could do some damage at con. So, I don't know, you, I'm obsessed with fan art. Like, Artist Alley is my my wife and I. Like, that's our obsession. I have so much art from Comic Con. Do you mean? Do you mean it's like it's like that old uh, Saturday Night's main event theme? It's your session, It's your session, Yeah, I, I just God. How do we? What do? We, how do? To make, Steven, you tell me. How do we do the thing where like we can get like a company to pay us to go on a con hall and pay for everything, and we'll make the content. That's my dream. I want people to pay for me to go to a con and then go on a con hall. And then keep all the things. No, dude. Here's my dream. I mean, that is, that sounds really really cool. But here's no. I mean, I mean, let me ask you a question that goes along with my question. Um, <laughs> is that how much? How cool would it be? Right now, listen. How cool would this be if we were paid to like, or even got popular enough for? Let's check the Chris Rubble and Cyber Time Bite. Like what? How would it be? How cool would it be for us to like freaking just go on podcast tour? Like I can like I can like go like I can like go around all of Illinois and then go like all through Wisconsin, all through Michigan, all through Indiana, Iowa, make my way up to Pennsylvania, like all that stuff. Just like go to all these states and like interview people. Like, oh, that's my absolute dream. I wanted to do that. And do live shows, and that's that actually is a goal I am working towards. Like, I have this like fantasy that like in a few years I'll be like getting like the way a comedian can fly out to a city and do shows for a few nights because mm-hmm. like I don't want to tour a lot because I have a family, but I want to like get flown to L.A. for the weekend, do a couple shows, and get go home and make some money, and then you know not have to work a day job, and then spend the whole day at home. So, yeah, like everyone, I want to work two days a week doing my dream and then have five days of the week off. Is that so wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, the the thing the thing is, is that, uh, whatchamacallit, I mean, like, I, I mean, I would love to, like, also do it, like, in the States, but also do it, like, overseas, like, in Europe. Oh, like my go, dream. Like, go, like, to Italy, England. England, even Canada. Like, um, Sonetta, who's part of our Let's Chat Club, she's in Toronto. So like that's a I'm sure she can help us set once the borders are open. Um, that's like I think that too. It's like even if I pay my own way, I just want to be like, I, I grew up in the punk rock scene. I'm like fuck, I don't care. I'll even I'll just play in the basement. I just I just want I just want to get paid to travel. Well, I, I just want to travel first off, and then I want to get paid for it second when, as a goal. 
Yeah, because because yeah, I mean like, like you tell me about that. Like tell me and the listeners about the, about like how was how was it grown up in the hardcore scene of Connecticut? Because I didn't even know that even existed. <laughs> yeah, like so probably um there's a great joke that um Jeff Garlock had told me once, and he played an orchid. But every every story every scene was always like, oh man, you missed it. So like. When I first got into the music scene in Connecticut, um, it was just like, man, you missed out. You should have been here before. That's when it was awesome. But it seems like everyone says that, uh, to be truthful. Um, yeah. So, they, but in some sense, there might be some truth. Like, so Hatebreed is from like the area I'm from, but they were already like on MTV by the time I found music. This is like two thousand. We're talking about like two thousand one, two thousand two. Um, so it was kind of strange. Like I. I don't know about other people. I kind of say I'd fall into it backwards. A friend of mine in high... I don't know if we were friends at the time. But my fr- yeah, my friend in, my cl- in high school was in, like, a new metal band. And we were in an AV class together. So I remember, like, going to some coffee house with him. And someone was putting on, like, a show. And it was, like, a lot of, like, pop punk, new metal, like, just, like, very local bands. And then somehow that turned into me getting dragged along going to, like, a, a proper, like, hardcore show, which I also didn't know what hardcore was. I didn't know what any of this stuff was. In a Knights of Columbus basement in Wallingford, Connecticut, which is no longer there, and being just, like, culture-shocked, like, what is this? Um, so I, I, I don't even want to say I'm not even a big hardcore fan. I, I was more, like, I love, I'm more of a fan of, like, the pop-punk and emo and ska. So, like, at least in Connecticut when I was of that era... Um, all the music scenes kind of meld together, so it would be like Big D and the Kids Table and Bane would be playing the same show. Like, that wasn't abnormal. It was kind of the way it was. But as it went on, it kind of got pretty intense and pretty violent and aggro, and it, it stopped being fun. So there's a lot of it I, I, I miss and I love. It's I think especially because it was Connecticut, and um, I didn't grow up in the very wealthy part of Connecticut. I grew up in Meriden. Mm-hmm. But, like... Um, the stereotype of whatever you might think of, like, hardcore of kids and, like, wealthy people from Connecticut is, uh, it did turn into that. It, it did turn into basically, at some point, it turned into, like, frat dudes were just there drinking beer and partying and, like, like you don't even know who any of the bands are. So, but it was, it was fun. I, I can't, I had a lot of really great memories and great experiences. And, and some of those people have gone on to become, like, famous as fuck. You know, it's, it's weird. Like, Jack Antonoff is, like, from the Jersey scene, um, I didn't know him, but like I, all my friends played with him, and he played. You know, he's playing the Taylor Swift record, or like Mike. I don't know, like getting um, so many wonderful bands, or Jeff Rosenstock, who's still doing it. Uh, but he was an arrogant sons of bitches that I used to see all the time. Like that was my Scott, like our local ska band from Long Island. They came up from Long Island, so it's. I just watched him on Seth Meyers, so it's like it's. So it's been pretty cool to see the, the what's come out of it. I mean, so like, so like, have you ever been to the bad streets of Greenwich, Connecticut? Actually, no. <laughs> My grandmother's from Greenwich, but the only time I've ever been there is I've been to drive by the house she grew up in, and that's about it. I've never actually, um, I've never spent time in Greenwich, believe it or not. Yeah, because because like you know, Connecticut is also the the home of Dota E. That's where their headquarters is, is in Stanford. So like, what's that? You know, wrestling, the World Wrestling Entertainment. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. They're right in Stanford. I've driven by that sign a lot. So and ESPN's in Connecticut, believe it or not. Did have you ever have you ever drove by Titan Tower, as they call it? Is that WWF? Yeah, that's the name of their building, Titan Towers. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like right off the highway. So like, did you live near it, or did you? Or were you... No, so I grew up in the dead center of the state, which is like in between Hartford and New Haven. Yeah. So like. And so Connecticut is, like, the epitome of, like, the class warfare. Like, so we – maybe things have changed, but growing up, like, we had some of the wealthiest towns in the country, but we also had some of the poorest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were, like, in the middle. Like, I grew up – the town – everywhere next to us was really – like, the way Connecticut works is the rural is wealthy and the urban is poor. And I grew up in kind of the more of our urban area. So, like, Wallingford and Cheshire were, like, the two towns next to us. Those were our Shelbyville. And those were the very wealthy towns. Like, the joke, I remember in high school, but like, I went to high school in Wallingford, and I remember people would joke about how they would go to Meriden to buy drugs. So the way, I, the, the joke I'd always say is, like, 
my friends in Meriden might have sold you the drugs, but it was the kids in Wallingford that I, I like the first time I ever saw cocaine was in Wallingford. So like that was always the joke that people go to Meriden. The joke was you go to Meriden and buy your drugs, then you then uh, then you drive back to Wallingford and, and do your lines. <laughs> you see, I'm not a druggie, so I don't know anything about that. But... Yeah, no, I'm I'm not either. Um, I, I was weird. It was. Can I tell you? It's a really strange story. I, it's such a weird memory that just popped in my head. I remember we were hanging out. It was at a concert, like at that coffee at a coffee shop that's what long gone called Planet Bean. But one of our friends there, or some girl, I don't even know if I knew her that well. Her parents had a limo, and they like drove by, and they like saw their daughter. So they like pulled up and like we all they like oh let's take a spin and I'd never been a limo I was like fifteen and these are the parents and like in front of all of us they just I had I didn't realize till after the time they just pulled out a mirror and started doing cocaine in front of us and this is like a really wealthy family and I'm just like uh, this is awkward and I was like fifteen years old maybe sixteen must have been sixteen I was in high school. And uh, I didn't do any of it, and it was really weird. But And that was, like, that moment, because my whole life was always getting kind of crap from being from Meriden, and then, like, Wallingford was, like, the, the rich town. Everyone was nicer or better or whatever. And I'm like, none of my friends in Meriden's parents have ever done cocaine in front of me, but the rich kids' parents do, and somehow that's okay. Because Wallingford also has Choate, which is a preparatory school, which is, like, for the uber-wealthy yeah. Like Olsen twins went there. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, like, um, I'm surprised, I'm surprised for, for all that that you went through, you know, like everything you just said and everything that you went through, like, you know, with, with freaking the hardcore scene in Connecticut, how you weren't just emotionally scarred by anything. Yeah, I, there are moments where I look back, there, a lot of it is incredible. Like, I loved a lot of it, but towards the end of my time there, it stopped. It, it went from, like, fun to just being, like, you just went to go see a fight. And I don't like violence. Like, I remember, like, a really, really big fight, like, breaking out to like, the police had to get called. And I think someone went to jail. And I was, like, I got out of the unscathed. And I'm, like, fuck this. This is not what I signed up for. Like, I love being silly. And I love music. And I love the bands. And I love, like, the community aspects of it. And, like, but yeah, it got bad. It, I, I don't know. I... I never broke anything, thankfully. I got hurt a lot, but usually by my own volition. So, so pretty much it was you just liking the music and the people, but then it got way too out of control, and then you're like, "Nope, not hurt, not doing this." Yeah, I went to college too. Like that kind of didn't help, and then so like I, I kind of fell out of the scene, and then um, the it kind of broke off too. We had like it was all meshed into one, and then there was a ska scene, and then there was a pop punk scene, there was an emo scene, and then there was like a hardcore scene, and that kind of engulfed everything and then band people like my friends band that I still friends with today Folly were the ones that like we really stayed in closest touch and would still see and like there was this incident in um I want to say it was in Stanford it was in Connecticut it was like that part of Connecticut like the Fairfield County where <clears throat> they were headlining and uh the band before them was called My Bitter End was playing and they kept fucking up, or, like, their drums, the equipment kept fucking up, but the singer Tyler was like, all right, everyone, if this sucks, we're folly. Like, he made a joke and said that they were folly, and, um, it, but they were my bitter end. And someone threw a water bottle at his face, so Tyler, like, walked into the crowd and hit the kid, and it, an all-out brawl broke out. And then folly, rightfully so, canceled the show. They're like, well, we're not playing this, because, you know. And then they were, like, kicked out of the Connecticut hardcore scene for a while, and that was, like, my moment, too, where I kind of, like, backed away from it. I was like, that's not where, those are my boys. Those are my friends. And another funny story I'll share is, this is back in MySpace. I remember joining the MySpace group called Connecticut Hardcore yeah. and getting this message from someone basically saying that I wasn't hardcore enough to join their MySpace group. I've seen you at shows. It was something along, I've seen, like, I've seen a bunch of scene dancing, and I had to prove myself to be part of the Connecticut Brotherhood. And I was like, all right, I like ska. See ya. <laughs> so, 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 wait a minute. So, like, this is was this back in the nineties, by the way? Just asking. No, this is all two thousands. Oh, because I was gonna, because I was gonna say, like, was ECW like a huge component of this? Like, was ECW huge when it came to town because of this huge hardcore scene you had? 
because you know hardcore it's funny you say that a lot of the kids that like kind of made the scene that i didn't like were all from that part of connecticut they were all from stamford uh darianne wilton redding fairfield like yeah they were and you know what's weird a huge crossover of uh wrestling fans and like hardcore fans which i didn't realize how about you i didn't know i'm not a wrestling person but I didn't know how many of my adult friends love wrestling until I got on Twitter, which I think it's great because I love a lot of stuff too. That people, but I just I was so surprised. Like I, I never liked wrestling as a kid. I um, nothing against it. I just completely, I I have no reference points to it, and I get so surprised when I learn how popular it's been all these years. Yeah, because because I would think like you know ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling, the hardcore wrestling company. Would get really popular in Connecticut in the in the hardcore scene. Oh, I bet. I I remember having a lot of friends at summer camp really into ECW. Yeah, I mean, like, cause I'm cause I'm pretty sure when they came to Connecticut during the during the Connecticut hardcore scene days when it was really huge back then, I'm pretty sure they were like they were like, oh my god, we gotta go. It's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a party in itself. We gotta go to the show. Man. Yeah, I definitely kind of turned into that. At one point, Vince McMahon's wife was running for office, and her her headquarters were the down the street from my parents' house at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I used to see Vince. There was like a few months where I would like. Once or twice a week, I'd run into Vince McMahon in real life. How, did you ever get to meet him? Oh, you couldn't get near him. There's so much security. But, you know, oddly enough, my friend, uh, Crystal Riley, shout out, who I love to death, she worked at a gas station in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, down the street from ESPN, and has met every single person. She became friends with Mankind just from, like, working at a gas station because he's that guy. Um, yeah, every wrestler, any 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 celebrity I would have seen in Connecticut, oddly enough, was at like a gas station by ESPN. That, that's yeah, I was. I've seen Vince, but he was always surrounded by security, and I did, it wasn't that it, you couldn't even get near him if you tried. No, because dude, it's funny. Um, like last year during the pandemic, like when the pandemic was like still going strong, near like near the beginning last year. Um. They held like like Dota E has a pay per view called Money in the Bank, which is their pay per view where they have a briefcase hanging over the ring and they gotta climb a ladder to get it. And then inside's like a contract that they can cash in, like for, that they have that they have a chance to cash in before the pay per view of next before the pay per view of the next year starts. And um, they they did it they they did a paper they did the match one time at the headquarters. Because because at that time they were down in Florida at their performance center doing the pay, like doing the shows and they wanted to mix it up Ooh. because they were in the pandemic so they wanted to mix it up and so they went all the way to Connecticut to the to the headquarters and they and they and everyone started on like the ground floor and then everyone was fighting up the building like not like outside and climbing up the building but they're in the building and they're just fighting all over the place inside the building fighting their way all the way up to the roof of the building and then they climb they got in the ring and then they climbed up the ladder and grabbed the briefcase all because like because like the ring was on top of the building and they got in the ring and climbed and got the briefcase which was which was hanging yeah like they did like they went for all that just because they needed to mix things up for the pandemic <laughs> That's funny. I remember, brief. Yeah, I had so many friends growing up obsessed with wrestling, and like, I don't. I wonder. I don't think I even knew it was in Connecticut either until I got older. I was like, wait, what? Because it's just like a you know corporate office. Mm-hmm. A, a corporate office where a lot of things go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've, I've known people who've worked there and stuff. Like a lot of people, I've. I have friends who worked there. At one point, when I was younger, I almost had a job at ESPN, but I don't know anything about sports. But um, it was just like a data entry job that to to send. Yeah, this is dating me, but it was to like send live updates to people's cell phones of baseball games uh, when like cell phones were becoming a little more mainstream. With like, back when you had to pay per text, mm-hmm. like they would have a person watch a, a baseball game and individually text to the phones. I think. I, I interviewed for it, but I never, I didn't get the job. Isn't it crazy that we don't even have that, that, that these days we don't even have to pay for minutes anymore. We get minutes, like, we can, like, we can be oh on our God. phones for, like, tw- for, like, 500 hours at this point, and we won't get paid for any of it. 
I, I, I have so many memories of being like not being able to touch my cell phone until after 9 p.m. because in the, it was free and yeah. it was off peak hours or like counting my minutes being like, all right, or like getting in a fight trying to get a cell phone contract because you wanted more rollover minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like back, when, like back when I got my cell phone for the very first time when I was doing flip phone yeah, back in the day. Yeah. I, you know, I had, I had, I was running off. Those. I was running off minutes, and you know, I only mm-hmm. had I only had these many minutes to be on the phone, or else it would start charging me. And and now and like I did that, and then I moved to a really crappy touch phone, and now I'm on the iPhone, and I have unlimited minutes, so I can talk for it on the phone. I can be on the phone for like hours, and nothing will nothing will charge me. <laughs> I know, isn't it so funny? Now that we have like I have unlimited minutes, but I use it as a phone the least. <laughs> I use it for everything but a phone. Well, I mean, like. Surely, I mean, surely you still use it as a phone, though. <laughs> Sometimes. I, I bet if you gave me minutes right now, I wouldn't even use them all in a month. That's true. I, mean, I don't I don't talk on the phone that often for uh, pleasure. Everything's text, or now FaceTime. Yeah, because, yeah, because like, I, I still, I still call people. It's mainly my friends. It's not, I mean, people, I, I, I have a question for you. Like the only people I really consistently talk to on the phone are people that I've known pre-college. Like, people that I've known, like, before. Like, all the people I talk to on the phone are people I've known for so long that when we met, you, you would talk on the phone because you couldn't text because it was 10 cents a letter or 10 cents a minute or something like that. But, like, any of my newer friends in the last, like, post-2010, uh, I don't talk to on the phone. Like, it would be super weird if I, if one of my friends I've met in the last, like, if I made a new friend and then, like, they want to, like, call me, I'm like, what? what? Why? Let's just do a podcast instead. That's normal. <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, the iPhone, yeah. I mean, phones are, iPhones in general are phones, no, iPhones and phones in general just are advanced so much that there's, that there's more ways to call people than one now. I mean, like, there's the regular way of calling people, which is, like, the normal phone app on the phone. But there's also Skype. There's also Discord. There's also FaceTime. There's Ooh, also Zoom. Zoom or and like, all that. Yeah, Google yeah. Meets. Like, if if, th- if those weren't apps on the phone and we were only strict to, the, to, the call, to calling through the call app on the phone, then not only would, not only would the... The limitations of calling people would be very limited. It would just be. It would get. It would go. It would grow stale real quick. <laughs> like Bree is my um my business partner and one of my best friends for uh, like Let's Chat Media. So we do all that stuff together. We've probably only talked on the phone like twice, but usually it's FaceTime. One time we FaceTime so our cats could meet. That's fun. I mean, like, I mean, you, you and Bree, right? You since you guys knew each other for so long, you, do you and like your dudes like. Does her family and like your family like do things together digitally since you guys have not met each other in real life? Never met in real life. Um, I've met Bree. I don't think we ever figured out the year, but we met on Twitter. I think the first time we used to interact a lot on Twitter, and that's and then she was a guest on Let's Chat with Chris Revel. Um, and so like the, the short version, I started Let's Chat with Chris Revel in 2013 mm-hmm. as a hobby, and then um, for about four years was doing a weekly show, really pounding pavement, having a ton of fun. And then um, my daughter was born, so I, I, I thought I'd be taking a break anyway, but um, my wife had a very traumatic birth, and then it uh, had a lot, of, a lot of stuff happen, and I had uh, post-traumatic stress and kind of fell into a depression, so I tried to quit, and I couldn't. I tried to quit, and I kind of failed at that. So there was like a good couple years. It was kind of like I went from like a weekly show to a monthly show to like a once-every one to three month show, and then it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, I started to really kind of bring it back and start it up again, and that's when Bree kind of came in, but um, yeah, we've never met in person and digital stuff, but yeah, Victoria, my wife and her, and my, I know Robert, and I, uh, and sometimes, um, there are times, sometimes our kids will, will FaceTime just so our kids can play together, because she's in Virginia and I'm Rhode Island. And so that, that, that stuff, like our family know each other, but, and I've known her for a while, but probably wouldn't say until like the last year, her and I became like really close friends. Like we were definitely close and friends, but like 
the talk everyday people about a little over a year ago. It was pre right before maybe January of 2020 is when we started to team up, and then things changed by March. <laughs> so like, how, so like then then when you met her, when did you and Ball met? Like when did you and Ball start working together before that whole, before everything that just recently just happened felt went down? But when did I involve her, bring her into the fold? Yeah. Uh, it was January 2020 uh, of last year. Is like, I, I remember like I was recording. I I had gone through like I knew I wanted to do the show again, but I knew it had to be different for my to keep myself occupied. And simultaneously, there's this wonderful writers club here in Providence that I'm a part of called the What's Your Writers Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have a podcast studio, and I got invited to their grand opening. And I probably would have – I was kind of on the fence at that point. And at that point, I also start for all this time up until 2019, everything – some of it was in person, but this is all a virtual stuff. Everything's virtual for the most part, like a virtual community. I didn't know of anyone else in Rhode Island making a podcast until 2018 or something, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, probably t- until I got like a write-up in a, the Rhode Island Monthly and I found all these other people. So there's a real great community here. Um, so then I was recording at a studio – and then I was like, all right, I'm, at this point I thought I'm going to do a complete switch and I'm just going to make it only people I could uh, interview in person. So I'll record with mostly – I'll go for more of a local catch and then every so often I'll get like a name, try to get someone who's kind of coming in through tour. And then the pandemic happened, so we went back to the way things always had been and that's when my team kind of came together. The, that version of the Let's Chat team started in uh, January of 2020. But, yeah, I, I remember – having this moment being like, all right, we got, so I, I, I just, there's been, there was just a shift and I could tell that the things were happening and I was like, ah, I gotta do, I just, I don't know, I, I don't know if you ever had this, I just started feeling like there's opportunities that were coming my way that were slipping through my fingers or things, it, it was just me doing everything and it, it just became too much. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I wanted to find a producer and find someone to kind of like, what? how can we monetize this? How can we do this? And I had all these different thoughts and ideas, but the thing that kept coming back to me was Brie. I was like, we've known each other for a while. I knew she ran her own, I knew she ran her own business. Um, I'm very much like a trust person. Like, I, I, I don't know. I was like, I'm, the way we do a lot, operate a lot, a lot of our business is like, you know, you, you, we have to like the people we're working with. Like, you club members as well. Like, everyone that's like, there's just like we want to like we work with first, and I don't know if that's the greatest business decision, but I knew I trusted Brie because this thing is really important to me. And then week she came on board, some other people came on board, and then it kind of morphed into what it is now into a whole media company. So originally, she was supposed to come on as my Let's Chat with Chris Revel producer, and her and I were going to produce Let's Chat with Chris Revel, and she was going to come host it with me. And have, and then I was not able to give up any control, and that wasn't happening. And then it kind of, kind of grew from there, and that's where Let's Chat Live got birthed, and then Let's Chat Media and our Let's Chat Presents, where we do our um, virtual events, hopefully one day in person. Yeah. And um, it all just kind of came from there. Yeah, but no, I was asking, how did you and Ball meet? Like you and Chris Ball meet? Oh, I'm sorry, Chris Ball. We, him and I don't actually know the answer. We both tried to figure this out, but we think it's because um, we're both, you know, both indie. We're both I, you, most likely through the hashtag Potter and Family part of like we're definitely part of the same Twitter community. There's a podcast called um, the Fat J Podcast. It's due out in New Hampshire. Um, Justin Breath. Um, it's been a long time, and he had done this like gigantic pod crossover with a bunch of indie podcasters. And I, I happen to be one of the people. And this is probably like 2017, 2018. And I think Seaball and I were both on that. And then we had been following each other on Twitter. And then he was just there. His words. <laughs> and then uh, I think I think when we were I was trying to find out to have more people come on, I don't even know if I ever even asked him. It was just it just happened. He was just there, and he just joined your team, and then it just he just became part of Let's Chat. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And I, I'm sure I asked him and, like, stuff. But I, I think I was, like anyone, I, I was probably looking around of, like, who do I know? Who's going to do what? Who, like, you know, I've always have, like, that's why, like, clubs or networking stuff, it can be a little lame, but it's so important because so many times 
you just I meet people and you're just like you put this little thing in the back of your head. You're like, all right, you do Photoshop. Maybe in five years I might need someone who needs. I might need to know someone who knows how to do Photoshop. And that's kind of how Ball was. He's like, he's really great at community engagement. And I was like, hmm, let's see what this do. So have you ever figured out why why that recently what happened between you guys and Ball has has happened? Like why it happened? Like have you have you ever figured? Oh out yeah, 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 yeah. We all we all talked like adults, and everyone's everyone's friend. Uh, we were never not friends, and we're all we're all we're all still good together. So there's no heat. You guys have no heat with oh, each other. No, we're we're heatless people. We are uh, no drama for your mama people. I I don't got time for that. I'm I have a four year old. I'm 36. Like we none of us are those people. Oh, that's that's good. Um, I, I, yeah, I, we're all friends. Yeah, no, I, I was I wasn't gonna. I wanted to ask you what happened, but I'm not gonna ask on this podcast because I don't want to like throw it out there. But like, but like, um, I'm glad that you guys worked everything out though. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always I'm a I'm a true believer in forgiveness and a path to redemption for everyone. So it's not we all can make a mistake as long as you can you know. There's always a path forward for everyone. Does this mean we'll see Ball coming back on on interviewing people sometime soon? Uh, that would be not my decision, but I, if he wanted to, that'd be fun. Yeah, because la- because I remember when he was on the podcast with me and Serpent and you. No, you and Serpent. No, you you. Uh, it was me and Ball, right? Yeah, you and Ball with me and Serpent. That was fun. Yeah, he um he also. Uh, He'll, he'll share this. I'll let him share it. But he also had some like uh, we just call, whenever any of us have to take part of what we do with the club, like our team, it's like sometimes you have to step away because we call it life stuff. Uh, so he had for, for a few. I mean, uh, last month he's had a lot of life stuff he had to deal with. So he had to kind of take a break to go deal with you know. Mm-hmm. All of us have full time jobs and kids and wives and husbands and stuff. So unfortunately, it's not as much of my full focus as I'd love it to be. So he had to deal with some life stuff, and he's got some cute kiddos as well. Yeah, for um, for me, I mean, like, I hopefully if everything works out, we're supposed to come on and do a second podcast with you guys on April 1st. And if not April 1st, we have two other dates penned down. Me and Bree were talking about it. And... Oh, you're coming back? That's awesome. And you hosted Let's Chat Live. What? What's that? You were you were you co-hosted a Let's Chat Live with Robert recently. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, you were awesome. I watched a little bit of that one. You did. Oh, I did. You think I did a good job? You really? I do. So? Well, I mean, it's not like I do my own podcast where I basically do the same thing. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, so I guess I have I'm, nat- I'm natural to it, you know. But yeah, yeah, I I found uh, co-hosting really hard, and I had to learn. I I don't know if you heard the story, but. Um, that when the dumbfound dead guys came on, I think it was me and Ball. Um, Let's chat live is supposed to be a little more family friendly, and I was dropping f bombs left and right because I just got into like Let's chat with Chris Rebel mode because Let's chat live is a different it's a different muscle to host. And Bree came on, and she's like, "You would be oh boy." They laugh about it all the time, but it was a uh, it was a learning experience. Sometimes, like I I I don't know about you, like my favorite my two favorite things from doing the podcast are. Guest booking and hosting, like I absolutely love hosting. I'd like to make a career out of it, and um, you know, Let's Chat Live is a whole different muscle. Like I really have to try for that because I'm like, I gotta stay on topic and I gotta let other people talk, and that's hard. <laughs> I can't be high all the time. Yeah, because yeah, because um, what's it called? I mean, like, hopefully, because like I'm hoping April first will work, but then again, we have those two other dates that that were that were pending for. April first. Oh, that's work. great! And and Bree's our booker. That's what she does all the booking. But like, that. but the thing is, is that like I'm like she said like oh you can even, you can even have like you can even pick the host you want to have on and so like oh okay cool, so I was like thinking it'd be really cool to have Bree you and Don. I think that'd be really fun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> because you you're on the first time and I know Bree had a lot of stuff she wanted to ask us and she never had the chance to because she wasn't there. I probably talked over everyone. And I mean, like, and I know that Let's Chat Live at one time, in a, once upon a time in a land far, in a galaxy far, far away, that was 
that was ball and breeze territory. That was not your territory because you were doing less shit with Chris Rubble, but I was I was always a producer on it, but I was um just because of timing of timing, I was just uh there's only so many hours especially too when when Bree and I teamed up, um, for better or worse, I had done less chat with Chris Rebel, but uh, when she came on we had to basically build all of the infrastructure because I didn't have a website. Like, you know, it was like this weird thing. It was like a an existing brand, but it would also have been kind of dangling. So, like, there was a lot of infrastructure in place. So there was nights where they'd be hosting, and I was doing, like, boring stuff like creating email lists or trying to, like, and stuff like that. So, like, we, we all worked on it together. But, yeah, that ended up being them hosting more because they had more time than I did. And then, and then Breeze of... Bree's a natural. Like, I remember seeing her on um, a Blame Your Brother live stream. They were doing a tw- Blame Your Brother is a really great podcast, and they do like a they do like a twenty four hour live stream. And they had Bree on, and I just teamed up with her, and I was watching her on that, and I'm like, oh my god, this is my partner. Like, she's just one of those people. Like, she just shines through the camera, and like people are really attracted to her person. Um, like, she has like the the it factor, if you will, and like. I was like, I need to get her. And she's very much a behind-the-scenes person and wants to be a behind-the-scenes person, and it's usually me pushing her out in front of the stage. I'm like, you're amazing. People need to see you. Man, no, if she if she's listening to this episode, she's gonna she's gonna be like, what? Like, like she she's gonna be like, oh, this is like, what is this? Like the Brie hour? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's usually how it is when we talk, and just more like, oh my god, you're like the best because she's such a wonderful human being and like an angel. Like she's just so wonderful. Like. And I, I don't know, like, I feel it's important to tell your friends like, the nice thing. It's important to tell the people you care about how you feel because it's, uh, it's just nice, especially for someone who works their ass off for you, or I'm not for, with you. Like, we work hard and, you know. Hey, it's like, it's like, the, it's like the hockey analogy. It's not I, it's always we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And up until, up until Bree, like, I literally, I, for, and I, foolishly too, I kind of wish, and I, I don't want to say, I've learned like, when I say I did everything for Let's Chat with Chris Rebel, I mean, I did the guest booking, I did the editing, I did the art at one point. I think I lit, outside of the logo, like, I literally did every little detail, but which sucked because I would end up taking, I, and I still have this problem, like, I'll take on way too much, and then I end up dropping the ball in, like, 70 things. So for, like, every episode that I, every time I was getting an episode out, it was, like, just getting the football over the touchdown line. I was like, okay. Okay, and then you breathe, like, all right, now I have to go promote this episode. So it was, you know, if I foolishly should have included people way earlier to do that, I think we could have gotten a lot, gotten to where we are now. But on the flip side is I think having, like, six and a half, like, six years of, like, hobby experience and then, or even little seven, like, here there's a comedian's, like, I really think I found my voice as a host. Like, I don't think I got good until episode 200. I mean, not that the episodes aren't good, but I didn't feel good. Like I, I, I've listened to old ones and like, why did, uh, Wait, you're, like at the, I, you're at the episode two hundred. I'm at two twenty something. That's the ones of. Those are the ones that are made it to air. There's probably another thirty episodes that are lost to time. Because, because who, who's your editor? Like, who does the editing for your? Is do you do all the editing for Let's Chat Live and Let's Chat with Chris Rumble? Let's chat live. I don't. We don't edit because it's YouTube. So that's really. I'm sure at some point we'll we want to get those to audio. Um, but for the most part, I don't want to say it's just me because I've had other people edit episodes. But uh, I was working with Kevin Irish for a little bit. Um, Robbie's doing an episode right now. Um, but ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the two hundred plus episodes that were all I edited every single one. Yeah, because... which, yeah it, it, it which takes it's, it's insane, right? Because it takes so many hours. Like you know, I yeah, even like well, the Chris Gethard one I won't do, but like yeah, I still edit because it's just it saves time and money. Yeah, because like it say it's just editing is really expensive. Like it's really and not that it shouldn't be. It's just it's a lot of money. Like do you, like like do you think let's chat the let's chat live episodes are already done and the ones that come in the future. You'll do the YouTube version still, but there will also be an audio version to go along with it for the people who are like driving down the road and still want to listen to it and whatever. Or... Two hundred and thirty-three released episodes. I sorry, I didn't mean to ignore your question, but wow, yeah, two hundred and thirty-three. So I would say I've edited 
220 of those. Oh, man. And that maybe a little more. Guys, a lot. Um, yeah, the goal is to uh, get the audio from the left chat live and, and, and put them out either uh, in our Buy Me Coffee or Patreon or something and, like, have it as a bonus content. And then, like, when we do uh, live events, we'll put the audio in that. And that that's definitely down the road. The time. Yeah, because... Um... Yeah, because I mean, I love Last Chat Live. Not say, not, and I'm not just saying that because I was on it. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I think that too about like, because I don't listen to shows on YouTube that way. I, um, and I think I've fallen victim. And as Bree loves to tell me, um, I was against Last Chat Live in the beginning. I didn't think it was a good idea. Uh, and I think I was kind of, unfortunately, I was like thinking like. Well, I don't listen to podcasts on YouTube, so why would I make one? And I think that was a really important thing to be like, just because you don't listen to podcasts that way doesn't mean other people don't. And it's really helped us get into a whole other market of people I never probably would have crossed paths with. Because, like, I didn't know what Discord was until I started this, until, like, last year. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a little on the older side, and we want to not get just old men like me involved. We want to get other people yeah because, yeah, because you see, no, it's funny. Um, you say no, you're saying that like, oh, I'm I'm against you were against it, and like, and you're saying if I don't do this, why would I do it? It, you know, that was how I was when I was making that con TV channel I was telling you about earlier on that stream mm-hmm. on TV. Like, like seriously, like, like I'm not I'm not one who wa- who watches panels on YouTube. Like, if I'm gonna go to like like yeah, I watch some panels on YouTube because like hey, a couple, but not a lot. What's that? I'm the same way. I watch a couple panels on YouTube, but not a ton. Yeah, but like, but like, I'm usually I'm gonna go see an in person kind of person if I want to see a panel. But for me, I mean, Great. like, like the when I was making the channel, right? Like, I wasn't just gonna put content of fandoms that I only like on there. Like, like, like I wasn't I wasn't gonna be selfish and be like, oh, since I like Homestuck, I'm just gonna put a bunch of Homestuck stuff on this channel. That's that's gonna be the whole channel. I was gonna. Like, I wasn't going to be selfish like that. I put... There's stuff on that channel that I don't even like. But I put it on there because I know people are going to love it. So, so I... Yeah, so, I, I wish I learned that earlier. Because I was a little too proud and didn't... Like, like, like for me, like, Mystic Messenger, that's an anime. I don't watch that. I don't think I'll ever watch it. But I put it on the channel because I know people will love it. You know? Yeah, and... I, I made, I'll, I'll be honest, I've made mistakes where, like, I've turned down a guest because I was like, eh, I don't know who that is. And then, like, it turned out to be, like, that someone that could have been huge. So, like, and I guess I had too much pride being like, I pick guests based on who I want to hear. And then I'll look at the numbers and be like, well, no one else wanted to hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Which I'm still proud of that, to be quite honest. But, yeah, I've had to be, like, kind of think outside of my, like, my comfort zone because like if i want to attract a, a newer audience like i need to have guests that are middle-aged white guys like me yeah because yeah because for like me i mean like when i'm finding guests i mean like mainly all the guests i have in the past have been like you know cosplayers and i even had i i had freak like i know you're not a wrestling guy but i had freaking psycho sit on my podcast at one point and i'm like how did i di- how, like how like you know, I in my millions of dreams, I never thought I'd have Psycho sit in my podcast. It, but it, it happened. It happened, and you know, like it's he's no he's like no level like John Cena or The Rock. But I mean, like uh, that was awesome nonetheless. You know, and like I mean, I have it's people really awesome. Are you kidding? I, I that's like I don't know about you, but I, I think that's what happens is like this mentality that's like, well, they're not The Rock. I'm like, yeah, but there's only one The Rock. Like, and you don't need, you don't need to have like a celebrity. But there's so many people who are just big in these little pocket niche culture. There are people that I'm like obsessed with, like who I think are like I'm like, who I I consider the Rock, and they're, they're not even close to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know exactly. What you mean. So I, I I find I actually love that stuff. I love talking to people at those levels too. Yeah, I mean, like I like I had people like that, but I also had people who are not even near that level. Like you know, like cosplayers I like I met on Instagram and who I actually met at cons, and I had them come on the podcast, and we had an excellent conversation. And and I, and and some of them I became 
friends with and we still talk to this day but some of them i don't talk to anymore and we just go off to the wayside and there's some people who don't even talk to me whatsoever anymore because of the decision i made in the past i'm not proud of but you know but like but like you know it's just you know like there i love doing this podcast as much as you like doing your podcast because because yeah. we can because we sim- we can summarize and what we do, because what we do is, you know, the same exact thing pretty much, but except your yours is your your style and mine is my style. So I mean we so like so basically we're 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 chasing the same dream, but you're doing it a different way than I would do it. <laughs> I, I always joke that I've used it as a way to just like uh make friends. I've always it was like I I just love so many things so like i love getting to talk to people who are a part of the stuff that i love so like that's why sometimes the guest might be a little weird to some people like where we kind of fall we've it's gotten better but fall mostly in like the pop culture and podcasts and like the punk rock culture but every so often like a scientist or whatever and like you know i love that i can talk to like someone who's huge in the geek community but has no idea anything about like i like like what emo is and then I can talk to, like, someone who's, like, really big in, like, the mute punk rock or emo, like, scene culture, and they have no idea what, like, a Marvel movie is. And then sometimes you find those people who are just that perfect central, like, Venn diagram, and it's, like, um, it's incredible. Like, I just, a couple episodes ago, I had Taylor Morden on, and he, um, I knew him because he made a ska documentary, but he just came out with a documentary about the last blockbuster, which is, like, Mm-hmm. doing really well it's not just given netflix it's incredible i recommend everyone watch it and like that's great because it's like a a, a, a a pop punk ska loving geek culture lover like he's that perfect venn diagram so we talked about like ninja turtles and big d in the kids table and like and ska it was awesome i'm surprised you've never been the blockbuster i know you're older but like i i've thought i've been to one but so like uh, growing up, my uncle Greg owned uh, some video stores in the Boston area, even though we didn't grow up in Boston. So our family was never allowed to go to Blockbuster, uh, so we had to support the small local shops. And by the time I went to a Blockbuster, they didn't have the pictures on the on the the, the videos. Like it was just they all said Blockbuster. I remember always hating that because I used to work near one, and then you know they're all gone. Mm-hmm. So like I just remember always hating it. For like both my uncle Greg hated it very much, so my family hated it. And then by the time I went to one, I'm like, this sucks. I mean, like I went to Blockbuster. Oh man, my whole life, like like my childhood, I went to Blockbuster because like, you know, I used. To... I think yeah, I guess it depends where you live too. Like we just happen to have some small mom and pop shops nearby. Yeah, because because at um. Because I used to get because when I was a child growing up in Mount Prospect, Illinois, that's the town I mainly grew up in. I, I mean, I was born and raised in Arlington Heights, and then I moved to Mount Prospect. But, but like, um, but when I was living in Mount Prospect, we had a blockbuster in in the town I lived in, and I went there like every Sunday. So every Sunday was blockbuster day for my for my family. We got, like. Like, like my whole family didn't go. It was just like my dad and my brother and me. Yeah, yeah. We used to just go there. We had the car. We had the rewards card. We everything. We we always used to just go there, and we always used to just go there to get like the latest video games or get video games, occasionally a movie and something, but mainly video games because that's what I was into and what we were into at the time. And yep. We used to just go there, and I. And I and I have like I remember I remember going there and they had a kiosk for when Pokemon Snap was brand spanking new. Nice. And like and that like that's how old school it gets for me. And like, have you watched the documentary yet? No, I haven't watched the documentary yet. Oh, uh, it's really good. I promise. But but like but it would be really cool to go to the one in Bend, Oregon, the very last blockbuster because I want to go so bad now after watching it. I mean. I mean, like, did you ever go to Family Video too? That was like the second longest video store to come to come around before that closed last year. Did you ever get to go there? What was it called? Family Video. Never heard of it. Yeah, fa- Family Video was basic was pretty much 
the same concept as Blockbuster, but it was different because, it, it, I mean, the store layout was just like a Blockbuster, but everything had their sections, like kids' movies, adult movies, not like adult movies, but that was like in the back. Oh, but, they're still around. So, Online only. Yeah, well, well, I mean, all the stores closed. The two stores that were by my house closed. Yeah, I don't know. If, if we had them in Connecticut, it just wasn't near where I lived. I, yeah, I never heard of it. Maybe that was more in the Midwest. Yeah, I think I think so because we we had because there was one by my old house which is now gone, and there was one by the house I live by now, but that one is now gone. It got turned to a Dollar General, but um, <clears throat> as they always do. But like, but like it was, but pretty much how it worked, it was the same concept as Blockbuster, but it was different. So basically. All the movies or the games or whatever you wanted to rent out would be the boss would be sitting on the shelf like Blockbuster, but except behind, but except a family video, there's a little orange like plastic piece sitting behind it because at Blockbuster it was the box, it was the box for the movie, and behind the box was another box, which had which you know had like the Blockbuster logo on it, and it said the name of the movie on the spine and everything. And the box is empty, and you take the box up to the counter, and they put the movie in the box. Mm-hmm. But at um at a family video, you just took the little yet the t- the little orange thing. If it was behind there, if it wasn't there, it was uh, checked out. But you would take it, bring it up to the counter, and they would have the movie in a plastic case sitting behind the desk that they would give to you, and and then um you know you would rent it, and then and then they would give you the you would choose a plan of how long you want to rent it for. Ten days, I think, was the longest, and you can. And you can uh, check it out, bring it home, watch it, play it, or whatever. Nice. Then bring it back and drop it in the drop slot, and um, and you know, it was what we call it. It was it was in 2017. You know, speaking of this, I wanted to tell you, um, when I moved to the house I live in now, and I started working at the jewel I work at now, which jewel is basically basically Shaw's but different name. But um, but there was a blockbuster on the corner of the on the corner of the shopping of the shopping mall where I or the strip mall of the of the uh, ah, now I'm confusing myself. <laughs> the strip mall where my job is, there was a blockbuster on the corner from where I work, and nice. By, and by the time I was working at the store I work at now, it's been long gone because the store closed years ago. But, but the but the blockbuster guts were still there, like all the show yeah. everything on the inside was gutted out. But but the things on the walls, like the shelves on the wall and everything, and and the cool part was is that the slot the re- the movie return slot was still on the building, like it was still there. Like you could go over there and open it and look inside, like it was all still there. And they and they and they tore that down and got rid of that. Like not too not too at not too far after I looked at it now now they put up a a wall and now it's just two separate storefronts but you know how that is yeah yeah of course um but like but like do you, i mean like besides not going to blockbuster your whole life do you have any video store memories yeah we, so we had uh mad mikes and tommy k's in the video box for the three i went to so like i spent lots of times renting movies and going to video stores just just not Blockbuster, and all three of those places have closed, like, 20 years ago, so, like, no one knows what they are. They're all, like, local references. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the video store still exists, but, like, you gotta be, you gotta really look for them, because now that streaming is now taking Yeah, even, like, when I was in college, in, like, 2006, there was no video store, like, where I went to school. Like, that was, we were buying DVDs at that point. Like at a store, like I, there was I went to college in Vermont, and there was like yeah, I it was long gone by that point. I mean, I know that some even still exist today, but I just I don't know. I, th- I think it's gone. Yeah, but dude, but tell me, but but answer me this: How would you feel if like back in the day when video stores were huge and big, and they were all over the place, and they were the thing to be before streaming was even a, a thought? How would how would you feel if I came up to you and said, you know, in the year twenty twenty, all these stores are gonna be are not even gonna be bound to exist, and we're just and we're gonna be using the internet to like, 
you know, watch everything we ever wanted to, and it's and it's going to be like going to be given to us for a cost for month for months or years. Oh God, it's funny you say that because I remember in sixth grade, my teacher was telling us a story that her son had this idea that you could just press a button. It's like, in the future, one day you'll press a button and you can watch anything on your TV. And then, like, her laughing her son about it, like, telling the class, like, how silly is that? So uh, that's how I felt. I was like, yeah, that's never going to happen. That's ridiculous. But I think Kevin Smith in the documentary says it so well. It's like, he's like, it, watching the corporation of Blockbuster fall is like the equivalent of, like, the if, if like, the NFL fell today. Like, you don't even have to, like, know what it is, but you know what it is. Like, it's huge it's a behemoth so like no one no one would have believed it yeah no no one believed that was gonna happen but here we are it happened <laughs> i know um you can cut around this part i just have to get off by 10 just to give you a heads up yeah no it's fine i'll cut that out oh right, cool um yeah no i mean no one no one foresaw it and um i, I won't ruin the documentary but i like every I, like we like i we all thought it was netflix was the nail in the coffin but it's not the case but it is the case because now there's Netflix, there's HBO Max, who, Paramount Plus, Discovery yeah. Plus, Hulu, ESPN. It really should have been Blockbuster. Should have been what Netflix is now. But the way things, the way history worked, it's you know, it's it's insane. No, the the thing that happened with Blockbuster is that they failed. They failed to get in with the times, and since they failed to get with the times, they failed as a company. Yeah, well, actually, if you watch the documentary, which uh, I recommend, it was really interesting. Was um, it was the, the part of it was yeah a lot of um, mismanagement of the company, and then they got bought by a bunch of bigger companies too. And it was something to do. It was um, they were positioned like they finally got with the game. They they could have bought Netflix, they didn't, and they were positioned like they had video streaming. They were already doing that. Then the two thousand eight financial collapse happened and because they were I think owned by like Dish Network or something but they explained it way better but they they also were just saddled with immense amount of debt from years of poor decision making like at some point someone wanted to make a, a blockbuster land like the the thing about the cool the documentary is I, I can't say, I, I really liked it but it's is as much as there's like it's definitely you get to learn about the history of Blockbuster, which is cool, but it's more about the family that runs the current one. Mm-hmm. So it's not if you if, so that's why I end up liking it. But it was really interesting. Like at one point, Netflix and Blockbuster were like neck and neck. Like Netflix was the young kid on the block, and uh, Blockbuster made all the wrong choices, like you said in your and that's why there's one left. Well, because and and because like they also. Uh... Uh, two the two last questions before I gotta let you go. Um, but um, but the two last question. But the thing is, is that like is that like um, blockbuster, you know, they uh they they also they also tried to go the red box route. They I remember for a very yes. short time they they used to have like machines like a, like sitting outside places like red boxes today, <laughs> you know. They had, That's they, right. They had those for a short time. Now I don't see those anymore because now there's a red box. Yep, and there's not, and there's less and less of those, but they exist. And uh, and, la- and last thing before I let you go, and before we plug each other, plug each other's content, you know, like our social medias and whatever. Um, God, like I gotta have you back on because there's a lot more I still want to talk about, like anime. <laughs> I love it absolutely. Anime conventions. I want to go into all that of you. We didn't get into that today, but I want to. So next time. But um, dude, tell me, where do you see Let's Chat with Chris Rubble five years down the road? Uh, the podcast itself. Yeah. The five years of twenty twenty one. Still going strong. Hopefully weekly shows. Hopefully a video uh, video component. And uh, you know I. I would like to be one of those podcasts on like a big network. I think, but in five years, we'll be on like a Earwolf or a Spotify or something like that. Maybe a iHeartMedia, and still kicking, bringing great guests, hopefully better, and doing live shows. That would be the that's the five years, and then like you know, and be on like a big ass network and getting paid for it. Yeah, because because the to tell you the truth, I'm on Spotify. Oh. Well, I mean, like, you know how Joe Rogan got that, like, $100 million from Spotify? Yeah. Like, I want to, like, I want Spotify, like, to buy us. Be like, you're an exclusive. 
Let me get that money truck. Yeah, that that would be amazing. But um, yeah, that I think we'll be on a a, a bigger network, a uh, big network, and that and within five years. But yeah, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's so much more I'm on top of you, but we'll save that till next time because time is running short. Because like you said, um, we're adults and we have to go to bed because we have, I have to go to work. My and and in, in five years, knock on wood, I won't be in a day job. This will be my uh, left shot media show. Hopefully, it will be my only job. Well, let me let me say my social media. And I'll let you say yours. Um, thank you, everyone, tuning in for episode 146 of Cyber Time Bite. You can find me on social media at fa- no. You can find me on Facebook. I said at social media. Oops. You can find me on Facebook at Cyber Time Bite. Follow me on Twitter. At Nostalgia Vamp. Uh, find me on Instagram at Nostalgia Vampire. Uh, buy all my merchandise on Redbubble.com under Crash Steven Gear. Um, and make sure to go buy the Circus Stucks merch at Circus Stuck on Teespring. Or Teespring at Circus, Circus Stuck. Go buy that. It's really cool. And, um,. Yeah, I mean, and that that's it for me. How about you? Where can people find Chris Revel? Where can people find the Revel? Letschatpodcast.net <laughs> uh, will be your best place to find everything. And um, at Let's Podcast and all the things. And then my personal is at Let's Chat Revel. And um, also we have the Let's Chat Club, which Stephen is a wonderful part of. And uh, our Let's Chat Club is an online community that empowers content creators and creatives to monetize their passion project while making industry connections. Let's Chat Club helps creators, uh, creatives build and strengthen their brands and build the infrastructure to succeed. We offer classes, networking opportunities, and have an array of expertise to help you with your podcasting needs. And um, so, you know, hit us up. We're, we're also looking to expand to have some more club members. So if that's something that you're interested in, we're, we'll be growing and got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much for having me, Stephen. It's been great. And we met through Let's Chat Live and getting to talk in the club. It's the best part about podcasting is all the wonderful friends you get to make. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait to have you back on, and hopefully you'll, hopefully when we start doing, when I come back onto your show, I, yeah, I, soon. Yeah, hope, hopefully, hopefully that work, hopefully the first works out, and if the first doesn't work out, those other two days, but when I come back on there, I'll talk, I'll hear you on there, and then eventually I'll have you come back on here. We can start talking again on here, and yeah, um, I want to figure. Love it. I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 146, and I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Have a good one.